Okay, it is 10.41. We welcome Tashrik True Body. Great to have you, Tashrik. Lovely being here. Yeah, you, you, you're it's very familiar with uh, with the microphone, I see. <laughs> we didn't have to brief you about the cans and the distance from the mic. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm familiar with this. I started at the age of 13. I know. Yeah. I yeah. was actually going to go there. What what got you in? At I, I don't know. I think it was... Uh, I grew up in Bonteville. Okay. Um, so there's that particular circumstance where your life could go either way. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at age 13. <laughs> at age 13, particularly, you know. Uh, there's there's a particular reason why, they, why when we're from there, they say you are born to be evil. So... Um, it, it was my parents uh, seeking an alternative. It was looking at where and what can you get involved with. Uh, so I spent a little bit of time at Bush Radio, at Radio 786, um, at CTV as well. So I, I started getting involved in media, but it was Radio 786 that kind of held me there mm. because it was at that platform where I felt that at there was an age opportunity. 13. 13, yeah. Who took you on and took on child labor at the age so, so of 13? Th- so what did you do? Everything almost. So this is the thing with community radio, and particularly at Radio 786, we, we believe in a talent pool that we need to continuously create. So at the age of 13, you start coming in, and you have a platform at 45 minutes or 30 minutes to produce program yes, for young people. Oh, that's cool, yeah. And, and, and what that did was to develop people like myself and very many others, some that work here at the moment, some that have worked here, some that have gone to international media. It's, it's, it's enabling that sort of skill that community radio is best place to offer. So, so, so that is where we cut our teeth and I've maybe cut it a little bit but I'm now refining it I'm putting in some veneers and things like that and, and, and it, it, that is the really what makes radio and community radio special for the work that we do um, you really grunt you, you really um, do almost anything and everything in radio and, and that particularly what community radio enables Okay, since you mentioned it some big names have come through occupying hot seats internationally and you say in this building as well just drop some names well there's Walid first of all your, your producer that's that's been here as well. We've had uh, at, at 786, uh, we have the likes of Noura Tape. Uh, she worked mm. in Al Jazeera. She worked in, in, in a lot of the background stuff. We have somebody that still works with us at the moment, Hassan Siri. He works for Press TV International. Uh, we've had, um, oh goodness, I forget some of their names that also had worked here. Um, and, 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 and they have shown that with, with community radio that they're able to gen- generate that sort of skill and use it elsewhere. Um, and, and for me, to be honest, I, look, I'm still I'm in my 30s. I'm still relatively young. I've been doing this for a very, very long time. Uh, but, but the radio has a special meaning, I think, for all of us. If, if you look at the social media today, everybody's saying that the radio is their first love. And I'm not yet willing to let go of that, particularly community radio. Um, we were all terribly sad, you know, at, at your previous employment where we thought that your voice was going to be gone because you've become such an institution for community, for, for radio, as it were. And, and so when, when, when you came here, Clarence, you know, it, it was something that, you know, it, it's that level of experience that you can impart to others that are yet to still walk your foot. Yes, I forgot about what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated. 1995 was a, was a, was a, an amazing year. It's yeah. post 1994, and uh, and I think the new government is seizing upon uh, the role of media and and the lack of representation within the media of various communities. The Muslim community being one. Yeah. You uh, embrace the spirit of Imam. Abdullah Harun, 1995, that comes with a whole lot of responsibility. And I think you've been resolute in terms of the responsibility uh, to that mission that you embarked on in in 1995. Just tell us what underpins your values. It's it's that very legacy of Imam Abdullah Harun and the very many others that follows, the four Kalatas and others that have shaped what is the South Africa that they want to be and the South Africa that they want to see. And and when the passing of Imam Abdullah Harun happened, it was really on that legacy that seven 
Sevenetics was born. But also you must understand that Sevenetics came in the realm of when there was the Islamic Unity Convention, when there was Qibla as an organization, where there were very many others, the Islamic the Muslim Judicial Council as well. It was the establishment of all of these organizations. But we, we asked ourselves at Sevenetics, what will set you apart? Are you a, are you a Muslim-only radio station? Are you just for the Muslim community? And, and, and we kind of took a step back to say, yes, our ethos may be underpinned uh, by, by, by those values, uh, as, of course, is espoused in our, in our faith. But, but we, an all-encompassing radio station that is, can operate at the level that, for instance, Cape Talk also does. So professionalism is, is key to the work that we do. The, the, the culture that exists, there's always a culture of development, wanting to do better. And, and, and that is why I, I love 786 so much, why I love community radio so much, that, that we hustle for the equipment that we have. We save our money very, very hard so that we can buy the best equipment, that we're able to get the, the necessary talent pool. And increasingly through the years, we've built a 786 where it must become the employer of choice, where people like myself and some other people on my management team, some people in the, in the staffing, for instance, are people that came from the very programs that 786 had started, such as the youth uh, program. So it's, it's, it's those particular values, and, and to come back to the likes of Imam Abdul Harun, if you look at the situation, uh, for, for instance, in Palestine at the moment, it's, it's, not, it's not something that we've, 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 gone, we've become to learn, it's something that we're doing in the recent years. It, it, is, it speaks to the fundamental premises of why 786 exists. And, and, and just to, to summarize that, that particular thought around Imam Abdullah Harun, when we were established until what we are today, our motto is to inform, educate and uplift. Yes, we inform every day. Yes, we educate all the time. But at which stage do we begin to uplift? Because we were busy building a country since 1994, 1985 when ICASA was established and community licenses were opened and so on and so forth. So we recognize that we, we, we also share that level of responsibility, which is why we get involved in building and painting of classrooms and feeding schemes and this and this and that, which aren't normally associated with the radio. But, but we, we see our role as, as an all-encompassing partner in this community, which is why you know, those principles of Imam Abdullah Harun, justice, truth, and fairness, as, as well as the ability to speak that truth to power, is, is what runs through our veins there at that station. Okay, yeah, it comes with a lot of responsibility, and yeah. I think you've, you've, you've handled that. And, and that, and I, I was going to, you answer all my questions <laughs> like in one salvo, <laughs> but I wanted you to explain to people what 786 was, and you said it's not a, it's not a Muslim radio it's not, station. It's not, no, yes. uh, there's a commitment to, uh, when you invoke this spirit of Imam uh, Abdullah Harun, you, you do Doing exactly what you said, mm. so it's a, it's a narrative and a very important narrative that you resolutely put forward, and I think everybody should go there uh, for a little bit of that or a lot of that, if you so choose, uh, which is which is sometimes very different to the to the popular media that we consume. It, it absolutely is, and and, and we've often stood out as, as a sore tooth when it, when it comes to I don't know why I'm talking about teeth this morning, but <laughs> we, we were we, we were talking a lot about um, and it's a, it's that principle of, of what Imam Abdullah Harun stood for that determines what we do mm. in the advertisers that we get. There, there are certain big corporates that we just don't do business with. We host big events. Is that on principle? You say like, I don't want your money. For real. I, I've, I routinely have conversations with big clients that come to even through advertising agencies. They come and say, yes, business X, they want to do business with you. And we say, no, we don't want to do business with them. And we've not taken this decision after October the 7th. This is a decision we've okay. taken for the last couple of years. Okay, I can see the, yeah. uh, the reason why, why you are saying that because if you take the money I cannot be true to to my mission of speaking the truth as we see it for example but aside from not just being not being able to speak to, uh, our truth in, in regards to this but also if you have a business that is unethically contributing or benefiting from an occupation how ethical and how truthful and honorable is the business that we're doing with them mm. and what it is that we're advertising. So it's a difficult decision. We've had to say no to, to big businesses through the years. It's been a difficult one, 
but it's been proven that we've survived. And uh, ultimately, it's your voice that must survive. But I'm going to ask you that question next, and your voice uh, requires money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm going to put that question to you next. It is 10 minutes from 11 o'clock. My guest is Tashrik Truebody, station manager of Radio 786. They played a very important, continue to play a very important role uh, in the media landscape in Cape Town, specific, uh, specifically serving uh, a community that wants all the values that Tashrik has articulated. Um, and we'll come back to that conversation, a celebration of the diversity in radio that we now have, different to what we had. Yeah, we're talking to Radio 7 at 6 Station Manager Tashrik Truebody, representing universal, universal values. And I think you're going to go and check it out. Um, but you have a predominantly Muslim base. That's correct. Um, of late, we've seen a war, and uh, as my pound of flesh that I'm wanting from you right now, <laughs> um, how c committed is the, the Muslim voice in terms of a position in relation to the war in, in Palestine? Uh, the commitment has, I think, has always been there because it's ingrained in our faith. Um, and I think if you do a cursory look at TikTok and some of the other social media, you'll see a, a significant amount of, of non-Muslims that are increasingly trying to understand why do Palestinian mothers, children and husbands have this level of resilience that they do have? Why is it that when their child has just died, they, they still say, you know, at the phrase we use, Alhamdulillah, which is, you know, thank, praise be to God. And, and they're trying to understand that. And that is ingrained in, in our faith in, in understanding the bigger, broader picture. What that is, we don't always know. That is not for us to determine. And so when you look at the particular audience that we've had, not only are there, and is, it, is there an audience, let's call them the converted audience that has been there for forever in a day that knows this is the type of content that you find on 786. But the reality is, just like in Cape Town, there are, there are more than one Christian radio station. There's more than one Muslim radio station. 786 kind of stands out, not necessarily as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a Muslim voice that's giving coverage on Palestine, but particularly those values, those universal values that you, that you highlighted of Imam Abdullah Harun, it is those values that are coming through. It is telling the real stories on the ground of how this affects, uh, you know, not just the Palestinians that are suffering this, what sort of impact it has on, on, on the broader Israeli question and, and, and that sort of future for that particular region. The, the sort of political interviews that we have, um, we don't shy away, for instance, some people, in, I know in the, in the mainstream discourse, you know, the, the H word, the Hamas word is, a, is, is terrifying to some people, but we interview those voices because those voices are crucial to understanding the broader context. Sure. And, and so similarly, for instance, and I don't want to take too long at this point, you may recall that I also want you, uh, and I don't want you to lose that thought, but I also want you to tell us how, if at all, this season of warfare in Palestine yes. is different to the very many other seasons you've seen since 95. Yes, um, I think it has always been about, uh, you know, movement being restricted, um, fishing rights and how much water, how much of how far in uh, people in Gaza are able to, to move to fish in their own waters, for instance, and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and putting the sort of broader uh, occupation in, into context. For, for when it started 75 years ago and how that is involved. Some have spoken about 1967 and, and so on. It's, it's, it's speaking to all of that particular context. But I think what is different about this one right now is that um, the resistance has said that do not touch what is one of the last very focal points are in the Islamic heritage, which is Masjid al-Aqsa, do not touch it, you know, because frequently during the month of, of, of Ramadan, you have settlers as well as the, the, the occupation army that continues to attack the masjid, the, the prayer center. So, so on the one end, 
they have determined, as you would have heard, Operation Al-Aqsa Flood, which is to say that it is the protection of that particular heritage site. And it's not just a Muslim effort. It's, it's for all of their religions that are found sacred to that particular land. And so what, what it comes down to, whatever the complexities are that people have, whatever the, 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 the colors of the rainbow that one looks at this particular, the lens of this particular occupation, the reality is, as it is right now, there's a group of people in Gaza that has been blockaded from water access, from electricity and all th- of those things. I think things. we try and, and stay abreast of it as best we can. I'd like to know how united Cape Town's Muslim community is on this issue. There's speculation that it could impact voting trends, and that's yes, what yes. I want to understand from you. So th- that's a very clear uh, um, trend that we've seen through the commentary that we received. So how united? We, we are we are united only just not just because uh, it is Palestine, but because it's oppression, right? And that, as I told you, our, what our faith speaks to. Secondly, it has united the Muslim community in what is a broad consensus that they're now raising question marks about the democratic alliance. For instance, they feel uncomfortable with certain politicians posing with Netanyahu that is spearheading what is happening right now. They feel uncomfortable with the silence of the DA. They feel uncomfortable with the fact that the DA has taken a particular tone when it comes to the International Court of Justice matter. So it is it is those factual issues that is leading people that would have been susceptible to be voting for the Democratic Alliance to say, but can I, while I'm worried about corruption and water and delivery of service, while those things are very real concerns that I do have, can I on principle vote for this party? And that's a question that the DA needs to answer. But yes, we've seen in the main, in the majority, a perspective increasingly emerging that people, the Muslims in particular, uh, just look at the match, the um, football for humanity match that happened over the weekend. The mayor got booed there. And, and, and it's not that I'm encouraging or discouraging it. It's really reading the room at the moment, which analysts have, have all told us the DA has fallen so short of. And so going into this election, Palestine, unfortunately, even to the ANC, will become a, a, an election tactic. It will become an election ploy. But I think Muslims and, and Cape Townians have seen through this. And for them, they, I believe they're going to be guided by a principle. And the DA, I think, will have, have a lot to answer for on this particular front. I, 